0: Hello, Chelsea fans. Now, after a crap week last week, Chelsea continued their poor run of form after falling 1-0 to Man City. Now, it was surely a scoreline that flattered to deceive. A lack of impetus and vision on the part of Antonio Conte resulted in a lackluster, lazy, and frankly hopeless performance from the guys on the pitch. Now, all this is detriment of one extremely frustrated Eden Hazard. This performance was shameful, yes. But if our best player isn't being deployed properly, do we really have a chance against a quality side like City? How will we adapt heading into the Barcelona match next week? All this and much more on episode number 35 of the Roman's Empire podcast. Damn it, Sam, I almost got through the whole thing, huh? It, was, it wasn't that bad. Oh, good. Well, I, I kind of like the idea of like continuing on with these intros. Um, but anyways uh welcome to the roman's empire podcast where all we do is talk chelsea and talk shit about everyone else but it seems like the last couple of weeks we have been talking shit about chelsea
1: i think that it was it's it's a much deserved shit talking and i gotta say zach i think uh that intro was was much better than the the first three takes that we did it you, you, you nailed it man
0: yeah except, oh, for, well. except
1: for that ending
0: well i don't i don't <laughs> do very well when i read on the spot so um but
1: but like how else are you gonna fit those big words like imp- like impetus and imperious and detriment? Well, that's I not always really a big word, but
0: I always wanted to like throw those words in to something that I wrote. Like like I I I don't write as much as I used to, but you know like, like this kind of, this felt kind of good. I don't mind writing again. I I maybe I should take it up. Maybe if we go big one day, I don't know. Um, but anyways. W- what the fuck is going on, man? Like,
1: I think, uh, well, I mean, honestly, it's it's it was a result that I expected to happen. Um, I mean, obviously, we're talking about Man City right now. Um, I just got to say, at least we didn't lose 3-0. We, did, we didn't pull an Arsenal, okay? Because, uh, I mean, that would have been two worse. Yeah, or two Yeah, exactly. I think a 3-0 loss to Man City is just like a trademark. You can trademark that as an Arsenal um so luckily that wasn't us but we didn't we didn't look much better than them honestly i mean we had what was it zero zero shots on target and like three or four shots total the whole whole match Um, so uh not really the best best game as far to uh, you know as as far as far as you know like flexing and like showing like what kind of like what we're made of but you know yeah, first, let's get into this starting lineup. Uh, so we got Courtois in goal. Rudy, Dave, and Christensen uh, marking that back line. And uh, a midfield of Alonso. Uh, Fabregas, Drinkwater, who uh, I had no idea was on Chelsea's roster, honestly. I totally forgot. I have to say that every episode. And uh, Victor Moses uh, filling up that midfield. And if you didn't notice, I I didn't mention N'Golo Conte, which is surprising. But uh, he actually felt pretty ill before the match he apparently fainted I think uh after Antonio Conte told him that he had to man mark either De Bruyne or David Silva he kind of like looked at the the roster sheet and saw that he was going to be alongside Fabergast and just got sick and passed out but uh <laughs> I think that's my only explanation because it's accurate yeah and then the front three we had uh Pedro Willian and uh our favorite lineup, Eden Hazard at the false nine. Um, so let's just start off with that point. Um, Eden Hazard, um, playing at the false nine, our favorite position for him. Cause obviously he fits there so well. Um, in this match, he, he was a complete non-factor. Um, just no, no hold up play at all. He had just displayed just such poor energy and a lack of ability to, you know, get out of our own half, which is so shocking. Um, just given the the kind of season he's had and the, and the kind of form he's been in lately. But, you know, there's just a lot of things to be irritated with this lineup. Zach, why why didn't this lineup work? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. There was no fucking
0: hold-up play whatsoever. We, we've proven time and time again that we as a team cannot adapt to playing with Hazard at the point of attack as opposed to a natural nine like Giroud or Morata. Now, first of all, it's simple. He cannot play there in this system with this manager. I know he has all the talent in the world and is one of the best footballers around, but even a player of his quality is not invincible. The fact that we didn't have a big man up top was frustrating because it was almost inevitable that we wouldn't be able to to hit him on the break because we can't hold on to the ball. Man City's a lot more mobile in the midfield as well as at the back, and they're also way better at pressing, which just makes this recipe, this whole false nine recipe, just completely shambolic. If we're going to play him in a role like that the team has to know that he must be played defeat like that's another thing that just completely irritated me was we still as a team played like we had someone up top that was six foot or six one we don't Hazard's far as five seven why are we playing the ball up in the air to him why are we not playing at the feet why are we playing why are we giving why are we passing through balls why are we playing the ball ahead of him Hazard is a genius when the ball is at his feet. He's not the type of player to outrun an outside back. He's not the type of player to uh, to win aerial battles. He's not the type of player to hold off center halves. No, he needs to face up his defenders on one of the flanks and run at him. That's his that's his genius. That's his mojo. The fact that we didn't deploy him where he's naturally gifted is just like it's completely beyond me now. I'm, I know last week we spoke on we spoke a little bit about it. I would have rather had Hazard as a false 9 as opposed to Morata, but give me one reason why Giroud didn't start this game. I think, yeah, he doesn't
1: Sorry, go ahead. I,
0: I know I know what everyone's going to say and Giroud doesn't have pace. And that's that's fine. You do not need pace to beat a team like Man City, but I tell you what you do need. You need physicality, you need structure, and you need and you need ball retention, and Giroud's good at all of that. It just it it boggles my mind, Sam, and 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 it's just it's so frustrating because you know like we're gonna dive into you know Antonio Conte a little bit later, but it just it just feels like he's just waiting for the sack.
1: We definitely sound like a broken record just bringing this up every episode because I mean if if we can see it every week, I don't get why Antonio Conte doesn't see it and. I can't really fault the wingers for, you know, not being able to play Hazard the right way. Um, you know, like th- they're they're used when they're playing that role, I think they're used to playing alongside a bigger guy, uh like a regular number 9 to help them out, but you know, when you're playing with a guy as small as Eden Hazard and, you know, someone as skilled as him, you don't really, you know, it, it's hard it's hard to adjust uh from the like, you know, your normal style of play to that. Right, I mean, would you agree that having a false nine as opposed to a regular number nine hinders our wingers?
0: Yeah, completely. I mean, a guy like Giroud or Maranta would have made – it just would have made so much sense to play them there as opposed to Hazard because they could fight off defenders and retain possession. That's that's the main thing with Man City is you're not going to get the ball. Everybody knows that. They're a team that dominates possession. They dominate the midfield. They move the ball around. They make all this unnecessary passes the second we get the ball, we have to be ready to, to hit him on the break and the fact that we had Hazard up there who couldn't hold up the ball, it forced William and Pedro as wingers to sit further back, and we couldn't even get out of our out of our offensive third if we had a big man up top, you play the ball and defeat and to the big man, you bypass their midfield, just play play a ball over the top, even let Giroud go to work, let him hold the ball up, let him bring the rest of our team let the rest of our team push up let our wingers push up our wing backs push up and now we break that's structure that's footballing 101 it's not it's not rocket science you know the thing that irritates me is that this this Manchester City team's great don't get me wrong i mean they're one of the best teams i've seen in a long time but with that being said they're they're human they they could lose matches they concede goals they have weaknesses the fact that we didn't exploit any of it or didn't – let me go back. It's not the fact that we didn't exploit it. We didn't even try. Like it goes down to just straight effort at the this
1: moment, point. The moment that that really like just that, that reality really sank in for me was when you saw the back line in the midfield passing the ball back and forth, back and forth at one point, And it was like two minutes straight of uh, Man City just playing the ball around and – zero pressure whatsoever from our side they were literally just letting like they were just letting them toy with us you know like i just wanted to see someone just get pissed off and like take someone out or like at least go for the ball you yeah know? We just sat there like a like you know like like we were dead and like you know there's nothing we could do
0: that's the thing it's like this this hopeless look that we have you know yeah, exactly it, it, it doesn't it, it's not like it's different if we go out and we and we play a very hard fought match and we lose. I don't, to be honest with you, I don't really lose sleepover matches like that. But if we we go out and a match like this and don't even try, like there's no effort. Like let's be honest, the scoreline, the scoreline for Chelsea that flattered us as much as this, one nil only. And like yes, we should have lost three, four, five nil no, even. But Man City wasn't even that good on the day. That's the thing. I feel like if we were at the top of our game and we actually came out with a with a proper game plan, with a proper lineup, with a proper squad selection, we could have had a chance. Like I genuinely think that. And I don't think it's crazy or outside of the box to to just go out on a limb and say that.
1: And it wasn't like I think the moment I found out that um, Angolo Conte wouldn't be uh, suiting up for this match, I knew for a fact that, like, we would just have trouble. And, like, there wasn't really anything that Antonio Conte could do. But, like, you know, like, today, like, a team like Basel, I know that they didn't play... Man City didn't play their best team today. But Basel was able to get a win today from, like, just sheer, you know, like, effort and trying. And, I mean like realistically i just looked it up they had laporte and Otamendi as their back line with uh zin what's his name zinchenko zinchenko the um, ukrainian guy yeah uh kevin de bruyne's uh, younger brother twin brother um but like it was not like their strongest like it was not even close to their strongest lineup that they have um and still we weren't able to get anything past them um I was just, I was really, really just disappointed with the way we played. And uh, I mean, I just, I think, I think just, sorry, just going on a little bit, like the thing that could have fixed it a little bit was um, Antonio Conte doing a better job with the substitute. I mean, he waited until the 77th minute to bring on Giroud, um, had both Giroud and Morata warming up on the sideline, um, elected... Uh, to you know, sit Morata down, and instead <laughs> he brought in Emerson, and you know, I I do like to see Emerson get get a uh, you know, get some some time on the field, but he took out Pedro, and put Emerson as an attacking winger, um, and then eventually Hazard uh, is taken off again for Morata, and like the. What was that? The, the Like, the 90th minute, almost. It, it it just... It really didn't make sense. I don't get what... I mean, what Antonio Conte is wrong... Like, what's wrong with him? Is he really... Does he really not know how to make changes on the fly? Or is it really that he's just too stubborn to make the switch mid-game?
0: I genuinely think that he's just way too cautious to make the proper changes. Like, it was clear after the first 15 minutes that we were going to sit behind the ball and struggle for the for the next 75. The fact that he waited... And and this is the thing that bothered me the most. He waited until the 77th minute to bring on Giroud. Like that's a travesty. Like the whole entire. I feel like everybody who was watching the same fucking game that we were could have saw that the second we conceded a goal, you needed to make a change. Yeah. Like I get the fact that I get the fact that he didn't make any changes at halftime because you know what? This is probably what he's thinking going into halftime, saying, "Hey, we didn't play our best game in the first half." But they don't look like they're on top of their game. It's yeah, it still, still nil. Yeah, it it's still nil nil. Our game plan's working. I'm not going to change it until it stops working. Well, it stopped working in what the 47th minute? Yeah, it was the 46, like a 46 a minute. into minute. it, yeah. So like a minute into the half, we fall asleep. And and by the way, it was not Christensen's fault that goal. I actually thought that 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 our back three had a great great match. To be completely honest, I think Alonzo completely fell asleep. But going back. He waited until the 77th minute to bring on Giroud. Why don't you make that change earlier? It doesn't make any sense to me. Like what's the risk? We're already down 1-0. There's to me losing a match 1-0 or losing a match 6-0, there's really no difference because guess what? We still didn't pick up any fucking points and so we still dropped 3. Like take chances. Make some changes. Trust in your trust in your players. Like if you're not starting uh a natural number nine. I mean, we have two quality ones in Murata and Giroud now. I mean, he he raised the fit and complained about you know how we don't have squad depth in this and that. He gets his wish. We move Michi Batshuayi to Dortmund on loan. We bring in a guy like Giroud who, let's be honest, we all thought that you know Conte was gonna be really happy with this because I mean he just he he seems like a Conte type of player and he doesn't get played for our two big our two biggest matches of the season and it just. It doesn't – what does that do to the psyche of Giroud and Morata on the bench? What does that say to them? The manager doesn't trust me. Mm-mm. The manager doesn't have faith in me. He'd rather place someone out of position, in my position, as opposed to playing me. <sighs> Giroud puts in a shift defensively. He knocks people around. He offers our defense respite with his hold up play. And if you give them one sniff at the goal, it's most likely going into the back of the net. We lost to a sorry-ass Man United with no fucking intention of winning that match. And things didn't change there. We come into a match like this. Same thing. Same mentality. Same lackluster. same, Same minimal effort bullshit. And we pick up no result again.
1: It was kinda of like like I feel like they have the poor me mentality at this point. Like you know, like we Antonio Conte, he's he's bitter about not having the buying power that other teams have and still putting in the work and you know, the team they know that they don't have the amount of talent and like that can really compare with the other sides at this point. And you know, they they play like poor me. It seems like,
0: but 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 that's not, but that's not Chelsea, and that's the thing. We won, we we won the Champions League with one of the worst starting 11s I've ever seen in my life. Like, think about that.
1: One of the worst starting 11s you've ever seen in your life. One of the worst Chelsea starting 11s. Chelsea starting 11s. If you if
0: you if you look at if you look at Chelsea's history and you look at all the teams that we've put into the Champions League, I mean, you look at the Mourinho era, the Ancelotti era. I mean, anybody, anybody. Pick oh, a manager, that's, that's fair, yeah. look at the lineups. Tell me one lineup that was worse than what we started out with at the Champions League final. Keep in mind that Gary Cahill and David Luiz were playing with one hamstring apiece. Mm-hmm. So he- here's the thing. Uh, I'm going back to the Man City match now. The way to beat a top-class team is to look at the same formula that other teams used. Look at what other teams did to Man City – And pick and choose what strategies you want to employ. Pick and choose what strategies work. Look at Liverpool. High press, you know, typical clock, clock, typical clop, all energy, high press, no holds barred, physical, kicking people around, you know, just like this grit, this desire. We we literally did the exact opposite.
1: We did the exact opposite of that. yeah. No press at all. We sat back like no – no physicality whatsoever. It's like as if, like they took your advice to kind of look at what Liverpool did, and Antonio is like, just all right, let's just do the you. opposite. Let's do the exact opposite because uh, I think that might work.
0: I think um, I think I think Man City's kryptonite is really simple. The only way to beat them is to score more goals than them. So like, how we could do that with Hazard as a false nine is basically, it's it's not rational. It's not logical. Like I I don't know how else to put it. I mean.
1: I think the math works out if you score more goals than them, then you end up winning. I, I'm I'm not entirely sure, but I think the math works out.
0: No, no, no. But no, I mean you obviously know what I'm saying. Like, you're not gonna you're not gonna keep them out of the back of the net. It's plain and simple. I mean, I I think they're way too strong and they have way too many players in form, especially considering the form that weren't. Like, there's no way we're gonna keep them out of the back of the net. But our defense did their job. Our back three did their job. We conceded one goal. And that's, at in Man City, mm-hmm. at the Eddie had, and so that's and
1: Bernardo Silva has been in pretty pretty solid form. He he kind of he destroyed Chelsea, I think. Like yeah, he he he, did. he he had a an amazing match, and he scored that same exact goal like against Arsenal.
0: Yeah, um, same 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 type of run right yeah, off the back shoulder, and the same yep.
1: exact shot. Um, he. He 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 sh- like showed off his class for sure that match. But I mean, I don't. I think like I mean, you said it earlier that our back line did play well. Um, I I do agree. Uh, but I think that that our our wing backs didn't put enough pressure up front. Like we played literally a back five pretty much the whole entire match, which uh I mean, it's like Antonio Conte just didn't want to lose by that much. I think he was okay with losing one nil and like obviously he would have preferred a draw or a win but um you know he could hang his hat on the fact that we didn't lose that bad you know i think and it's like I, that's I not think that's, that's not the mentality that you need
0: i think that's a good point because they mentioned this on a chelsea fan cast too or you know maybe conte is looking at it in terms of well if i lose one nil that's not really sackable <laughs> you know going out there and he said it in a press conference he's yeah. like I'm not stupid. I'm not an idiot. If I'm going to go out and attack Manchester City, we're going to lose 3 or 4-0. I mean, yeah, maybe there is some truth to that, but you're also not giving your team enough credit. When you got guys like Eden Hazard on the squad, you always have a chance to win a match. I don't care if you're playing Real Madrid or if you're playing Wolverhampton Wanderers. It really doesn't matter. You know, you go into a match to win. You don't go into matches to lose 1-0 or to draw. I know Chelsea has had this whole reputation over the years of being this defensive, you know, very uh very organized. Let's all sit behind the ball and hit teams on the counter. Like that's been Marquee Chelsea over the years. Right. But Marquee Chelsea has not been let's let's just go through the motions and lose one nil to the best team and just say, hey, that's the best team. You know, we only lost one nil. Like, what does that say to your players? As a manager, when you're in press conferences, Fuck what the fans think. Your players are listening to you. Mm-hmm. That's where you issue. That's where you issue your your battle cry, because your manager goes up there and he ta- and, and, and he rallies the troops and he says, "Hey, Manchester City is a very good team, but we have the right form- formula to beat them, and you know we'll see what happens on Saturday." That's what he should be saying. He shouldn't be going and saying, you know, "Oh well, Pep Guardiola had five hundred million, and you know the a very good manager spends his money wisely." fuck that. You got to give your team a chance. It's absolutely disgraceful. I mean, you have to go in there and you have to galvanize your troops. You got to get your players ready to play. Your job, rule number one of being a manager, is motivating. You got to motivate your team. I don't care if your squad is subpar. I don't care if they're not good enough. Do you think teams like Swansea and Crystal Palace and 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 i mean you name it any lower uh, any bottom half of the table team do you think those guys are using the excuse oh we're not good enough so we're not going to try and lose it or we're going to go out there and only lose one nil do you think they use that excuse they go out there and they play their ass off this
1: is not the antonio conte of late at all i mean like it it, it's it's not it, it seems like a completely different person like this is not something that he would have said last season right
0: no, 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 no. It, it doesn't at all. Last season, he's always talking about putting in hard work and going back to the training ground, and him not being able to sleep at night because he's excited for matches, and you know, uh, joking around in press conferences, cracking jokes and laughing, and this whole happy-go-lucky thing. The second we turn sour, the, the second he turned sour, the mood of the whole entire club turned sour. And mm-hmm. I know, I know that you know, I'm the biggest Conte fan out there, and I said it over and over. And anyway, I sound like a fucking broken record, but like you remember this, and I and I'm about to say this. I feel like part of this whole implosion at Chelsea Football Club is due to Antonio Conte.
1: I mean when you're a player and you see your manager sitting there silent with his arms crossed, you know, like you're 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 gonna notice it and you're gonna replicate that, right? I mean, as a player if you see you the guy your your skipper, the guy who's supposed to lead you he, if he's not gonna put in that effort and, and energy, why would you, right? There, there's
0: absolutely no point to that. Yeah, I, 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 I completely agree. Like as a, as a former player, like if I looked at my coach, and if he wasn't being emotional, and he wasn't being positive, and he wasn't being motivational, and well, uh, it'd be hard to, keep, to auto, keep up the
1: energy. Yeah,
0: yeah, because if if he's defeated, the rest of the team's defeated. The manager is a reflection of the team. If a manager is positive, the team's positive. I can't remember one time where where there was a positive manager and 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 the team was just not not even uh not even there that day. Like
1: trying it, to trying to sorry trying to stay like as uh like sensitive to this topic as possible. Um, we know that you know the passing of uh, David story. It's a very very sad moment in soccer history. Um, but and you know. Uh, Antonio Conte has managed him on the international level and Alonso also uh, played with him at Fiorentina. Do you think, like, at, in any way that the passing of him impacted him?
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, I I do have a certain level of sympathy in in that respect. You know, it's just going off of Davide story like, it's just tragic. You know, 31 years old, he's gone way too soon. And I know, like, the whole footballing community has gotten together mm-hmm. and you know they've done their moments of silence and i know that uh fiorentina's giving his family you know his salary for for life and like like there's really just nice, a lot yeah. of like a lot of nice gestures it shows just how much football brings people together but going back to conte like yeah i mean i'm, I'm sure it affected him you know that's a former player and conte's a very passionate man so you know mm-hmm. a passing like that would you know have a huge impact on you but I. The thing I just rant the the things I just ranted about. I mean, this isn't. It's not being insensitive to the passing of a story. It this has been happening weeks, if not months, before. I mean, this has been happening since January. So you know, th- this whole negative attitude, this negative vibe that he's been projecting is terrible. I think I think we've won something like four games since the start of the new year, and I think we played yeah. about fifteen times. Is that? That's that's worthy of a sack
1: <laughs> yeah because I've, I've i've heard I've, I've seen other people talking about how they they feel like the passing of a story did affect him in this in this match and you know i of course i do think emotionally it should affect him but i mean it doesn't explain the the stuff before it as well you know exactly it's, it's not it's you know he, he passed away before the man city match he didn't he was, you know, this didn't happen before the main United match before all that. So, I think that's just a bad excuse. Like, of course, it's going to affect him a little bit, but it doesn't explain or justify anything that happened beforehand. Yeah. Um, you know, just moving on a little bit from that topic, Um something else that I heard someone talking about, uh Eden Hazard, you know, after the match, uh, you know, we talked about it last week, Courtois commented on Hazard being pulled early against United, and uh, Hazard you know he was dumbfounded it, by it and Hazard had something to say about the manager selection this week also against City um, he said if Giroud or Maranta would have played up front it would have been easier to play long balls with me it's a little bit more complicated but I've tried to do my best and uh, he also later said that I wouldn't have got a touch even if we played for three hours for me personally it's hard to play well if you only get the ball three times so like You know, we know that Cesc Hazard and some other players had issues with Mourinho before he was sacked, but, you know, these murmurings and comments, it's very reminiscent of that same exact time, right before Mourinho left, and I've heard talks from other players, like Giroud talked after the match and said, we are behind uh, Conte, but something is telling me that there, there isn't, that's not complete truth. Zach, do you think the players are still behind the manager?
0: I've been defending Conte for the longest time, and I've been after the players, you know, just because we haven't been showing any heart or guts I'll in attest, any of our performances.
1: I'll attest to that. You, you have been.
0: Yeah, him. I know. All my rants. <laughs> uh, all 50,000 of them. But, you know, I don't think the players are completely behind him, but at the same time, I don't think they're completely against him. I think they're at this weird phase where. Conte is at the point where he has to prove himself again. Um, it, to be fair to them, I mean, you see the manager get the life sucked out of him the last three months with, you know, just combination of poor performances and frustration at the board and tactical team selections, you know, terrible substitutions, results that didn't go our way. I just... It, it, it's just not an excuse for me. I, I think we have enough professionals to get through the season, but you know, by the end of the season, I, I don't expect Conte to be our manager. You know, c- come August, and I guess I always knew that in the back of my head, but now it's sinking in now more than ever, um, just because you're starting to get the sense that maybe his name's not the most popular one in the locker room um it's something that i didn't want to say out loud but i just did it and you know it it doesn't feel wrong to say that and it's it's unfortunate and yeah it's depressing it's sad it's it's a shame you know you could point the finger at whoever you want um but i think we could all agree that you know whether you're on conte's side or not it's just inevitable that this mesh with Conte and Chelsea Football Club just doesn't work.
1: I, this is a little bit of a change of position for you, Zach. Did you just code off Conte? He, yeah, I guess I did. I mean, look, <laughs> it,
0: it, I'm not coding him off. I'm not Welcome shitting to the on dark him.
1: side, Zach. <laughs> I'm,
0: look, look, I'm not. I'm not saying he's a bad person. I'm not saying he's a bad manager. Not, yeah. It's not a coding off as much as it's a criticism. Um, I'm not saying he's shit. I just, st- I still think he's too good for us in a lot of ways. Um, and I can't blame him for feeling the way he does towards the board, but at the same time, to me, it's childish that he let it get to this extent that he let it bother him to this extent. Um, you know, what he's given us these last couple weeks, months, even it's, it's just not good enough and it has to change. And unfortunately, you know, he's a victim of his own success, like whatever model Chelsea has. And it's not a very efficient one um they hire a manager he wins a trophy and the next season if he doesn't win anything he gets a sack and I think Conte knows that I don't think he's dumb I think he's a smart guy I think he knows that you know no matter what he does from here on out it's basically the end of the road for him because he didn't get the support that he thought he needed and that he felt he needed and he didn't feel like the squad was good enough going into the start of the season And now it's all crumbling down and, you know, the board is probably looking here, there and everywhere saying, hey, where did we go wrong down the line? I'm like, just watch one of his press conferences. It will tell you everything you need to know. I think, hey, we're going to go after Romelu Lukaku, but instead, you know, we get plan B Murata. Yeah, that's fine. Hey, we're going to send out two-time Premier League champion Nemanja Matic to our direct title rival and bring in uh, Danny Drinkwater. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get a solid backup for Victor Moses, exactly. and we signed Davide Zapokosa, who none of us have ever heard of.
1: You're being too harsh right now, Zach. Come on. No, no, no. <laughs>
0: it's it, it, no, no. I I mean, look at it this way. It, it this is the facts. This is the truth. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's we got rid of or, or we didn't get rid of, but we didn't we didn't have a backup left back, and we were looking at possibly getting a guy like Alexandro. And we fell, we failed miserably because we didn't want to fork up a few extra million to get him. Yeah. And we get Emerson Palmieri coming off an ACL injury. Now, don't get me wrong, the jury's still out on uh, on Emerson Palmieri yeah, because we haven't seen enough of him. <laughs> we, have, we haven't seen enough of him. But you go from the most sought after left back in world football to someone that's coming off an eight month injury. It just it 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 makes zero sense in my mind it doesn't it just doesn't add up and it's it's honestly footballing blasphemy because we have a board of directors that know how to do everything but kick a fucking football
1: and i I, I personally sorry to cut you off but we kind of do need to move on but uh, i just wanted to add i think conte should grow his beard back I think it was it was a much better time as a fan when Conte had that beard. am I, am I wrong? I think like that was like during the time we beat West Brom like 4 0, like that was just a good time, I feel like, this season. He should grow that beard back again. If he wants to win back the team, he's gotta he's gotta grow that beard out. I mean, I'm growing out a mustache right now and I'm loving it. It's uh it's giving me a lot more confidence. Maybe he'll he'll get that same feeling. Uh, well,
0: <laughs> you know, I as much as I appreciate your honesty, Song it, I, I don't feel that much better.
1: What, <laughs> still, about my mustache?
0: Still, no, 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 no. About about you know like your sense of humor when when you talk about Conte growing his beard back. Oh, I feel like it's yeah. a little too soon. Like I'm still in that phase where I'm not mourning.
1: Yeah, like I'm 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 officially past that stage. You'll you'll get through it. That. This is the this is the last stage of mourning. It's uh it's it's acceptance. Uh, you're you're still going through the you're still going through it. Um, and I'll, you know I'll be there alongside you the whole time, buddy. Don't worry. Um, I think I think I'm just
0: I think I'm just depressed because I'm going to see the Spurs match. You know, on,
1: on, <laughs> yeah, on, on April
0: first, and
1: we got to be better in better form at that time, or else it's going to be a, a yeah. Waste and I of thought a trip.
0: I thought this was a perfect time to do that, and we fell flat on our faces. So
1: well hopefully we'll be able to regain some of that form next week against crystal palace a team that's sitting right now 18th in the premier league um there's only won one of their last 10 matches um so a little bit like chelsea um (laughs) in that sense um they're going through a, a pretty pretty bad injury spell right now um thankfully for chelsea wilfred zaha is one of those he's you know, know, known as the Chelsea Killer amongst us, um, Sacco's also hurt. RLC, um, Scott Dan, Jason Punchion, and uh, Julian Speroni. All of them are Jason uh, Punchion. Punchion, right? That's how
0: he's, you pronounce he's, it. He's, he, he's Iranian now, huh? He's Persian.
1: <laughs> P- punchion.
0: How do you pronounce it? <laughs> I think it's uh, well, Punchion.
1: Oh, Punchion. He's an
0: Englishman. That
1: that that was actually also a French. Uh, French accent as well Ponchon. Um, so those guys are all out with an injury bug right now um so it's i think that we're we're we'll, we'll we won't spend too much time on this match because it does look like this might be one of those matches that's kind of handed to us but zach what do you think we need to do to win this match
0: we need to show up Oh, I yeah. think
1: so we, so I they, think we, we should have done that against Man City too. But no, like
0: to... here's what I mean: Crystal Palace has been a bogey team for us recently, and we never, we we should never take them for granted because at the end of the day, it's 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 still a fucking London derby, and they're gonna go out to beat us. Um, they're a team that doesn't play with, they don't play with fear; they go for it, and we saw that against Man United last week. Ah, <sighs> the Man like forty yard half volley screamer, um won the match for them. But, I mean, prior to that, I mean, they they went 2-0 up and they were really taking it to United and United looked flustered for most of that game until they got it together towards the end. But they're they're in a relegation scrap and, you know, right now they're in 18th and I think their performance against Man United is a testament to how desperate they are. And I think at this stage of the season, only nine games left, uh, the scariest teams to play against are the ones that are fighting for survival and you know any team that's within five or six points of the relegation zone is always going to be a tough match you know with nine games left
1: yeah and you know i i think just to add on to what you to do to win you know even though zaha is out they still have guys like benteke um up front and you know he's one of the better strikers in the league um aerially but um you know that that threat is something to always look out for. So we need to limit those crosses coming in from a, uh, from their wingers. So you know I think that that's really their their only way to attack against us is mm-hmm. uh you know through the wingers, play the big man up top. Um, we need to shut down that wing play and limit their service into the box. Um, and I think that if we are able to do that, that that'll just pretty much neutralize their any goal scoring opportunity that they have whatsoever.
0: Yeah, um, you know, obviously scoring early is big. Yeah. Uh, just because, going back to this whole relegation scrap, and and it's the last point I'll make about this, because I frankly don't think Crystal Palace is worth my time, but, um, (laughs) you know, scoring early against these teams is huge, because they're gonna come out of the blocks fighting and pressing and, and, uh, and and being really physical and aggressive with us, because yes, they have had our number in the past, and, you know, if, if you're a diehard Chelsea fan, you remember that last season they beat us at the bridge, um, you know, this is a this is always a tough match for us, and they always seem to have this extra motivation because there's you know maybe it's that added element of a London derby. But scoring early within the first 20, 25 minutes or so, I think that'll calm the game down. It'll it'll allow us to just kind of play with possession and and just kind of see out the match from there. I I think I think it's a really good opportunity for us to gain some sort of momentum, if any, going into the Barca match. So you know, um. We need to score. We need we need to score more than one goal. I think we need to smash three or four past them just so we can get our confidence back and 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 have something something to build on uh, for the Barca match.
1: So leading into your prediction, you're predicting we score three or four.
0: I'm gonna take a shot in the dark here. I think I think Conte is gonna play both of our strikers with Hazard in behind. Well, so be I'm I'm gonna say three nil. I'm being really hopeful.
1: I've been I've been predicting four nil the past couple matches and it I think it had the off the opposite effect. I thought it would give us confidence, but uh, definitely not. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and you said three 0 Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's, that's I'm gonna go with the same. If if we're able to deploy two strikers plus hazard behind, like I really do think that we could win four nil, but just out of uh you know, sheer the sheer fact that the last three times I've predicted that we've lost I'm not going to do it, so 3-0 yeah,
0: yeah and 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 by the way, he, he's definitely not going to play two strikers and Hazard in behind, but I, it would just be I'd really nice I'd love to see that,
1: I think that this would be a good, good uh, game to experiment that I mean, this yeah. this could be like just the ideal experimentation game before we play against Barcelona, so leading into Barcelona um, second leg at Camp Nou this uh, is the last hope for us to have any relevance this season, uh, otherwise we're gonna be playing for Europa League. It seems like um, so. I we, we've we've talked about it already the fact that we hate the false nine um, versus a natural striker. But as much as we should talk shit on it about it, the one time that it seemed to work was against Barcelona. So you know let, let's let's take out Antonio Conte for a little bit. We're putting you. On the manager's seat, Zach, how are you gonna set? How are you gonna set our team up?
0: Um, I play one of Giroud or Murata up top. Okay. Um, and Hazard and William out on the uh, out as the our inside forwards or our wingers. Um, I think Victor Moses had a good match against Barcelona the first time, but I think they're gonna game plan um, accordingly. I think he's our main weakness. So if I'm Antonio Conte, I'm honestly considering starting Zapakosa just because he's a little bit better defensively mm-hmm. and he could actually provide some sort of fucking service. Um, I'd go with a midfield of Conte and Drinkwater, um, Alonso out on the left, and I think our back three pretty much sets, sets itself up. Yeah. Um, except except I'd make one change in the goalkeeper position. I'd put uh, Eduardo in goal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that, I think that's the one move that Antonio Conte is, has to really consider. As far as, out of everything that you said, that's the one thing that definitely Eduardo and Goal. Um, <laughs> I don't know what he's thinking putting out a Courtois like that. I mean, the guy who yeah. he can't can't stop anything. Um, <laughs> Iniesta, big news for us. Iniesta is going to be out this match. Um, that is, I mean, he's the guy who set up the game-tying goal. Um, and obviously, anyone who has watched any soccer the past 10 years knows how class he is and how big of a loss it's going to be for Barcelona. But um, how do you think it's going to impact the match? Um, Well, when, when we played
0: Barcelona in, Barcelona in the first leg, Iniesta was kind of like hoofed out on the left flank. Um, and that's where he spent most of his time. He didn't really, um, he didn't really float around the pitch too much up until the second half. Um, but I don't think their game plan is going to change at all. I think Barca is still going to be Barca. They're going to have a lot of the ball. Um, they're going to move and shape shift their attack until they finally, you know, exploit us, um, and expose some gaps. And you know, last match they played with Rakitic, Paulinho, and Busquets in the midfield. Um. And you know I think we're going to see much of the same. I think it's a very defensive-looking Barcelona. I don't think that their midfield is as positionless as it used to be, and I mean that in a bad way because I mean, you go back to the days of 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 Xavi and, Iesta and 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 Busquets in that midfield, and I mean those there was there were no positions. It was impossible to guard them and track mm-hmm. them. Um, when you got you know you really only have one attacking midfielder in that in that 3 I just mentioned and you know I think Rakitic is going to be the one that we have to look out for playing in between the lines he he likes to he likes to fill in the places or fill in the spots on the pitch wherever Messi isn't um I think they're going to go with Dembele out wide instead of Iniesta um but you know going back losing Iniesta is going to be big in terms of actual possession for Barca I think if we could press them in their midfield um, and possibly force them to make some errors, and I'm looking at – Busquets doesn't really give the ball away too much. But Rakitic and Paulinho, I mean those are guys that – Paulinho at least because he's a shit Tottenham player. But uh-huh. um, I, think, I think I I think think that's their weakness. I think it's that midfield. If we could press them and nick the ball away, um, Busquets really is a very quick. He's easy to bypass. Their back line is not very quick. I think that's going to be our main chance, is to you know sort of press that midfield without Iniesta there. You know, ball security is going to be a lot more pivotal um, and and a thing that Barcelona is going to focus on a lot more now that he's not in the lineup.
1: Yeah, and I think that with with Usmana Dembele officially back and um, you know having a three pronged attack of you know Dembele, Messi, and uh, our favorite cannibal Luis suarez um it's going to be difficult to defend that that three-pronged attack um but i think that our defense is going to be up for it um but i think the real question is will the rest of the squad be up for it because definitely didn't seem that way against man city and you know in my opinion that was a big game as well um but of course this one is a way bigger match um we seem to be up for it the last leg but zach Will, will we be up for it this leg
0: that's the question of the century isn't it i yeah. you know the man city match should have been should have been emphasis on should have been uh the perfect dress rehearsal for barcelona <laughs> um i hope it but i
1: hope it wasn't
0: <laughs> i think i think whoever whoever gets selected um will put will put forth a, a proper performance i you know as a kid um, a lot of these professional footballers, you know, they dream of moments like this, knockout stages of the Champions League. Um, you're the underdog. You're going to the Camp Nou. There's really no way that I could see us not being motivated for a match like this. Um, there, yeah, I mean, our form in the league dropped off and we looked a little bit rattled. But, I mean, you just look at the situation at face value and it's really hard to to justify – us going out there and not being prepared or even putting forth an effort.
1: Yeah, and um, I just want to have to. I just I want to finish off with like a couple uh questions that I I thought of. Um, who do you think is more punchable on the squad, Suarez or Paulinho? Ooh, yeah. Um, it's
0: not. It's
1: not. Who do you dislike more? It's. It's. Who is more punchable?
0: Well, Suarez already looks like he got punched like, <laughs> like 15 times by Mike Tyson. So, um, I'm gonna say Paulinho just because I want to even out the ugliness.
1: Uh huh. And Paulinho um, is still pretty ugly though.
0: Paulinho is disgusting. You know, he's he stinks. I could smell him from the TV all the way here in Los Angeles. I,
1: I would I would pick Luis Suarez just to knock his rat teeth out. Um, <laughs> finally, he can. He maybe he can get a you know replacement pair of chompers that don't stick out as much when he that, that, a that
0: and that don't bite down on Chiellini and yeah
1: maybe maybe uh, yeah maybe we'll the he'll uh he'll the the dentist will install a new pair of chompers that are a little bit more doled out you know how like uh like omnivores they have like flat teeth <laughs> instead of carnivores like we'll we'll turn him into an omnivore maybe he'll just he'll just go vegan for the rest of his life
0: just give him a bunch of molars <laughs>
1: Yeah, no no K9s, no K9s, straight yeah. molars. Um, All molers. Okay, well I mean I kinda I, I did mention it earlier, but who do you who do you hate more between the two? <laughs>
0: well, I mean it's a it's a tough question because you named two of my top five most hated players that are currently playing. I th-
1: I think they're on my yeah, they're on my top five too. It's 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 because and it's a, it's a pleasure playing against them on the I same mean, game.
0: Some I I I've known you for a long time and, and you know, we we always we always choose Real Madrid over Barcelona if it ever came down to that, um, and I just think a combination of our history with Barcelona over the last decade or so, and combination of Suarez and his history with Brana and his stupid diving exhibitions in the Premier League, and you know, just his adding ice in the
1: World Cup, that was... handball
0: in the World Cup, you know, his 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 pouty little bitch ass look that he does when he's looking up at the ref while he's on the floor like he just got stabbed 15 times in the jejunum like the what jejunum
1: (laughs) what is that i've never heard that word
0: uh i'm gonna look it up right now (laughs) i want to know if it's really a thing it's just kind of something that came to my mind ah jejunum (laughs) it is the second part of the small intestine in humans and most higher vertebrates including mammals reptiles and birds so yeah, you know, he does yeah, look dude. like he got. He does look like he got stabbed in the jejunum. But it
1: looks like you're paying attention more in your anatomy class than I was.
0: Oh just man, stuck. anatomy class is a long time ago. But yeah, I mean, going back to the question, fuck Luis Suarez, fuck Paulinho. If one of them had to fall in a hole, <laughs> a really deep one that they couldn't possibly climb out of, I'd probably push Suarez in first and then laugh at Paulinho as he, as he watched Suarez fall in. Yeah, I, I would even actually if I had a
1: rope. I would just like, I would just uh. Throw it, throw it off to the side. Wouldn't wouldn't lend him, a, lend him a hand.
0: Well, here's the thing. I think I would... I would I would actually... I changed my mind. I would push Paulinho into the hole first. And then I would Spartan kick Luis Suarez into it right after. But so... Kick him in the teeth, right? No, I'm thinking, like, kicking him right in the chest.
1: Or the Jejunum. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kick him oh, in the
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, so, all this footballing after, nonsense.
1: After... This, uh this, you know, analytical discussion, breaking down the team, <laughs> breaking down this matchup. What, what do you think is going to be the end result of this match? What's your predictions Zach? I would be a hypocrite if I, if
0: I chose Chelsea to come away with a win and to move on to the next round, mainly because I, I've had like this principle in my head where you'd never bet against Lionel Messi. You never bet against the best player in the world. And I mean he's hands down the best player in the world. So I'm not going to I'm not going to give a prediction, but but I will give you this. If as long as we go out there and and we fight and we scrap, I don't care what the scoreline is, as long as we put forth a respectable performance, I'll be happy
1: as long as we believe in ourselves right as long as we have fun as long as the boys go out there and have fun I think that's the only (laughs) thing that matters um yeah just another
0: day at the office with Lionel Messi standing on the other side of the pitch Uh, no big deal
1: Zach I'm gonna I'm gonna go the opposite direction of you because I think that are the only match that gave me life in the past couple months was this uh first leg um and I think that there's something about the champions league and um that you know i mean i think chelsea just is is has their the players in their mind they've kind of given up on the premier league and they really don't want to try as hard when they know that there's no really end result for it um but i think that with this champions league with anything being possible only having to win like like we only have to win like 5 more matches total and like we're in the in the final um so I think with that in mind, I'm gonna predict a 2-1 win. And uh Ooh. yeah, and we will see William get a double. He's gonna score both of them. Um Eden Hazard is gonna lay up like he's he's gonna assist one of them. He's and and I'm gonna call Eden Hazard hitting the post one time. That that's that is down to the T what's gonna happen. And if that does, uh you gotta get me something like I don't know what, but um
0: do you do you prefer Asians or
1: <laughs> I like Haagen Dazs ice cream. Like if you want, just get me some oh, ice cream. Wow. Okay, yeah. you're gonna
0: go for some food.
1: Yeah, but I, right. need to, I need something to eat it off of. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> this Good is getting originally. this is getting this is getting out of hand.
0: Isn't that Anyways. what we made this
1: podcast for originally? Though I mean, like we yeah man, we, we started ballpark. off we started off being so like like funny and like you know like ra- like ra- like raunchy and Rowdy but just like we've been so depressed lately we've lost that touch uh, we have to bring it back Yeah
0: we you know what we do maybe if uh Chelsea Eric makes some more uh memes for us
1: Yeah man you know, more it, memes it, man more it, memes it,
0: it, it could lighten up the mood but I mean that kind of brings us to the end of the podcast so saw we did it we got through it we're still alive we're still breathing but one of us um and that's definitely not you, but one of us is gonna go drink themselves asleep out of depression. So
1: uh Hey speak for yourself. I might I might go ahead and do that.
0: Yeah, I think I'm gonna have a couple drinks tonight. I need to I need to relax. I need to chill out. Chill All out. this talk is 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 really depressing me. But um until next week, um hopefully, you know, we'll have a more uh uplifting podcast there we go um but yeah until next week we'll see you guys then make sure to follow us on twitter um at romans empire pod make sure to follow us on soundcloud we're on all third-party apps some this past week we actually hit um a pretty incredible number we had 400 uh combined streams and
1: downloads Damn. so that is a uh, we're doing work man dude we are, we are famous now i i joke about it but i think we are famous officially
0: yeah you know this is oh uh God. this is it's it's really humbling and it's really cool so uh you know keep keep up the keep up the good work bud and i guess i'll uh i'll talk to you uh i'm probably gonna t- wind up talking to you right after this but um i look forward to recording with you next week and uh I'm gonna keep
1: the blue flag flying high is that what we gonna do
0: oh yeah and uh
1: (laughs) and uh keep the blue flag flying high. (laughs) god you always forget that all right yeah see you guys next week